Welcome to the Replenish Me radio show, where we help women, but especially moms, get from chaos to calm with strategies that really work for successful women like our guest today, Haley Gray. Haley is a best-selling author, business coach, and sales and marketing strategist. What that means is that she helps small businesses find a way to build an effective sales pipeline that brings in customers regularly that is highly customized to your business. Whether you need a website, email marketing, sales funnel, or other marketing tools, she can help you. Haley is a graduate from Duke's Fuqua School of Business with an MBA and a concentration in entrepreneurship and innovation. She's also a mom of four young and very active children. When she's not working or driving kids everywhere, <laughs> you can find her writing and volunteering with a nonprofit organization or two. Welcome to the show, Haley. How are you? Thank you. Glad to be here. So, this is such an honor. I'm, I'm honored as well. I've been kind of like watching in the wing in your um, humongous Facebook group. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are the chances that I could ever interview this wonderful woman? So thank you. I so love these opportunities. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so, you know, share a little bit of your story. Like how did you get started and why did you decide to, um, to help women entrepreneurs? I was sitting in class at Duke and I looked around and 10% of the class was women. Mm -hmm. And uh, the little motor in my mind just started going. And I realized that we had an issue with getting women into leadership, women into entrepreneurship. And then I went back to work because it was in an executive MBA program. And I got called into a meeting and I'm looking around the room and there were 30 men and there were a bunch of them on the call and I was the only woman in the room because it was all of the managers and all of the technical leaders. And yes, my manager was female, but if she didn't happen to show up to a particular meeting in my, you know, in my third line organization, there were two female managers. I was like, wow, okay, so we have a problem with getting women into technology. We have a problem with getting women into entrepreneurship. How can we start moving the needle to get results and encouraging women to get what they need? And I looked at the numbers for entrepreneurship, and they're kind of frightening. Wow. That's, that's just an amazing story. So... That's true because actually, I think it was probably three or four years ago now, I applied to an MBA program and that was one of the things they were pushing. I think it was University of North Carolina mm -hmm. and they were saying, you know, we want more women in the program. Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah, there's just not a lot out there. And why do you, why do you think that women stop? Um, like once they start their businesses, why do you suppose they stop? Um, why do I think they stop? I think that there's a lot of cultural factors and I think there's a lot of societal factors that play into this, right? right. If you look at the numbers of businesses that reach a million dollars in revenue a year, women are disproportionately underrepresented there. It's about men's, men owned businesses do it at a rate of about five to one to women owned businesses. So clearly there's something going on there. So not only are we not starting businesses in the same numbers and yes, women are starting to do more businesses, but it's a lot of direct sales. It's a lot of very, very small micro businesses. So they're not growing and thriving at the same rates. And I think that if you look at the rate of business failure and um, you look at just the, the statistics are not real favorable. And I, I think that there's probably a lot of factors at play, right? Because we have children, we right. have parents that we're caring for. We're trying to balance running a business, you know, on four hours that our kids happen to be solidly at school when we're not trying to be in the classroom helping. And then that two hours at night after they've gone to bed, and that can make it really hard to be effective at running a business, right? Because you're not putting in enough hours into the work to actually be able to generate the income to, to do the things. Or you may be so inhibited by your hours that you're able to work that you can't get out and go to good networking meetings because they're outside of the hours that you need to meet. Right. You right. Know, so you're confined to, oh, okay, so I could go to a networking meeting at lunch, mm -hmm. but most of the networking meetings happen before 10 a.m. Yeah, and that's, that's really hard. You know, that's a good point because I recently joined a networking group out here in Washington, D.C., and they, it's a breakfast from 7 a.m. to 9, and um, mm -hmm. she actually, it's a woman who's running it, but she said, you know, we lose a lot of people during the school year, especially women, because right now in the summer, there was like one man and that was her husband, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's all men during the school year because, you know, from 7am to nine, what are we doing? Trying to get people on the school bus, you know, lunches, dragging people mm -hmm. out of bed, all that stuff. So, yeah. Right. And if you look at our homes, you know, disproportionately women do all of the housework you know, right or wrong or in between. I mean, yes, there are some men who do a great job helping take care of the kids. My husband is one of them, but disproportionately women do 85 to 90% of the housework. Yes. And if you're trying to take care of the kids, do all the grocery shopping, do all the cleaning. And in our nuclear society, we don't have extended family members that are supporting us. So it's all on you all the time. And then you're driving because husband is off at work doing, you know, the man thing, doing the work thing. It can be really, really challenging. And I know that for me, it's been a huge challenge in the last two years 
because my oldest daughter had a traumatic brain injury. So a lot of the being here for her has fallen on my shoulders because my husband does work outside the home. So then that correspondingly has translated to, okay, just being available to drive her to wherever or be here when she needs me. Well, that has an impact on my hours that I'm available for as well. It's gotten better in the last eight or nine months um, as she's gotten better, but there was definitely a period of time where she couldn't be left unattended. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that that is, um, that's gotta be really difficult. I mean, we all complain about being the taxi driver, but when you have like a child who's been severely injured and you have to do everything um, Mm -hmm. on top of it all. So. Right. And it's just, um, you know, it's the reality that we face as women. You know, we disproportionately become caregivers for our parents as well. We talk about the sandwich generation. People talk about having kids. They don't really talk about the other side of having parents that they're caring for. Well, that may mean taking your parents to doctor's appointments. Well, those all happen during normal business hours. And, you know, okay, I need to go run over and take mom food, or I need to go Mm -hmm. run and take mom out for an errand, whatever that is, because chances are mom is not living in you know, one of these gated CCRCs that's $10,000 a month because most people can't afford that. So, you know, it's just, it's this compounding effect of, okay, I've got my children, I've got my parents, I'm caught in between and I'm doing the best I can to make ends meet in the middle. And it's definitely not easy. And I think that it affects how much we're producing as Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. I think it affects our careers. I mean, it it affects a lot of things, Um, you know, good and bad, but it it is kind of what it is. So how do you compensate for that and do the best you can with what you've got? So that brings me to this point. You've had all this personal, um, you know, caregiving going on in the background for the past few years, but at the same time, in the time that I've been aware of who you are, mm-hmm. you've gone from like 50,000 to 100,000 people, like over in your mm-hmm. Facebook group. So how do you grow your business like that with all that in the background? Um, so I do it in a number of different ways. I have made a point of being very disciplined about working in my business. So my kids get certain times. I definitely negotiate with my husband over what I can and cannot do. Um, I have a Google calendar, which is most days of the week, fairly correct. Um, (laughs) when Google decides to not have an issue and, um, you know, so between the calendars, some negotiation back and forth, And then just honestly, flat out automation and then picking and choosing what I'm going to do. You don't have to hand write every single post on social media. Things can be automated. There are tools that exist to help you with that. So if you can use the right tools, um, it can help. So it's, it's a balance between monitoring and measuring and making sure that things are actually going as designed and then showing up. I usually am online about two hours or so a day. Um, 
all in one shot or you break it up? It's broken up into little bits and pieces. Okay. And um, it, it's probably a lot less than people think it is because of how omnipresent I appear to be online. And that's because I have a really good scheduler called Meet Edgar and it's, it, it helps. Okay, right. That's true. So there is a lot of technology out there available to help you. And also that's what you do, right? That's, that's the service that you offer. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, so being very strategic with your time, being very focused on what it is that you need to get out there and of course having schedulers and having mm -hmm. a team, I guess. Right. And that's been important to me to have, um, you know, a team to work with other people, to collaborate. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that I do swap services with people at times. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can get more by, you know, swapping with somebody or bartering or doing other things than you can do by yourself. So finding and trying different things and being really creative about it can get you a lot more in your business as well question is just how creative are you willing to be yes yes and definitely you have to be an outside the box thinker to come up with something to make it really happen so I I was I was just wondering for me when I spend time in my business mm -hmm. I consider that like my self-care would you say that's the same for you um to some extent I mean I think I spend a little bit too much time with my business in general mm -hmm. um, going back and forth to meetings and stuff to really be called self-care at this point. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I did a an analysis of how many hours a week I was working back in June and it was kind of uh, a lot so I have been making a conscious effort to get it somewhere into the human range. Because um, I looked at it, I was like, holy cow, how is I working 95 hours a week, over 95 hours a week in some cases? And it was just because I would wake up and I would do all of this stuff and then I would go to bed. And... Okay, so you're over the top sometimes. But... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but you definitely are working towards balance. I am, yeah. You know, and it's that you can have everything you want, just not all at once. Yes. Yes, absolutely not. No, I, I'm kind of forced to keep it in check because sometimes my little co-hosts like pop in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you may have seen one or two of mine as well <laughs> right. or three or four of them. Yes. 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 And like, <laughs> you know, even like right now I, I'm laughing because I, have uh, I share an office with a rabbit and a chinchilla and I have a fish tank over there and a turtle over there so the rabbit's over here like tearing up his cage at the moment I'm like oh no while we're recording no less he's decided he's going to investigate the box I put in there the other night and is like tearing it apart <laughs> and I'm hearing the calming water sounds in the background so that's the, <laughs> the fish. yes and the fish tank is running low on water again <laughs> <laughs> And so then there's the pets that you have to take care of too. And then there's the pets, yes. <laughs> so there's the human co-host and then there's the furry co-host and sometimes the finned co-host, yes. <laughs> I love it. So um, 
you did talk a little bit about direct sales. Tell me something of, you know, above and beyond this leadership girl business you have, which is your own brand. You also do the healthy, strong, and beautiful. Is that a direct sales or is that? That is direct sales. So um, I've branded myself mm. doing that, which is one of the things that you learn to do in direct sales. And I actually sell products for new skin or sell new skin products. Um, it's a lot of fun. There is a whitening toothpaste, which is really all we post about publicly online, but we've got over 400 products. Um, as a company, it's a really huge company. It's been around for 30 years. And the whitening toothpaste has gone viral in the last year or so. So 4 million tubes sold in June of this year alone. Wow. Maybe that was the 95 hours. <laughs> Um, I don't know that it was quite all mine. I, I work that about three to four hours a week, typically. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes it'll go up to 10, mm -hmm. depending on how many calls I have, but it, it's definitely not my main focus, but it's certainly a lot of fun to play with because honestly, selling toothpaste to me is so easy. <laughs> Con convincing people that they need a strategy in their business and that they need to actually spend money on it is a little bit more work, but you know, everybody wants makeup. They want whiter teeth. It's just kind of an easier sell and it's $20. So yeah, most people have 20 bucks that they'll just spend. It's like a no brainer, but mm -hmm. getting women to invest in themselves and think long-term to build wealth in their businesses. That's a challenge. Hmm. It is. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. Um, to, to your point, you know, here's kind of a fun thing. Um, it's almost an experiment, but it, it's kind of funny. I actually do entrepreneur features and um, features on my blog. And for a long time, I did them for free. But I actually did a calculation of how many hours we were spending as a team to create those features. And I was like, okay, I love to do community service. However, as a business owner, I have to at least break even on these. Um, so I decided I was going to charge roughly what it costs me to produce the graphics and do the editing and put everything up. And it works out to about $100 a person to do these mm. features for me. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do these features, but I'm just going to pass on the costs. Mm. And um, so I started advertising that I was doing these features and, you know, I explained to people that I am simply passing on my production costs and um, it's amazing how many women, uh, some will invest, but a lot of them are like, oh, that's way outside of what I can afford to spend in my business. Hmm. So it's like, wow. Okay. So, you know, it tells me that it's really not a priority for them in their business and yeah. that they are, you know, not interested in, um, really growing it. And it's like, yeah, you know, when you're not making any investments in your business yeah. at all, it, it definitely shows me that you're, you're not treating it as a priority. Right. Or it's a hobby to you. Oh, it's, right? or it's a hobby. <laughs> so, you know, people like to say, you know, I have a what business. You want to make. Right. But, um, it's not the same. So, yeah, you know, it's a hobby, not a, not an actual real business where you're really trying to make money, you know, cause you know, I know like with you doing a podcast, this is serious stuff. It's a, it's a major time commitment. 
It is. But you know, for me, I really enjoy it because um, for one thing, I'm just starting it out. <laughs> so um, I just started in June. And for another thing, I get to talk to women like you and really gain from their knowledge and experience. So it's, um, it's kind of like hanging out with cool people for an hour. <laughs> That's cool. That's fun. <laughs> you know, who said work always had to be hard or difficult or not fun? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, have you had challenges balancing? I guess you have had challenges balancing your self care family. And <laughs> but let's, let's talk yes. about how you've overcome that since you're moving in the opposite direction now. Right. I mean, I will say, you know, there, it's definitely a pendulum that swings back and forth over time, right? Not enough work, too much time playing. And then too much work, not enough self-care. And, you know, it, it's everything that I do from forgetting to eat um, to things like I only eat when I'm going out and meeting people for meetings or I have back-to-back-to-back-to-back meetings and you're going from one Panera to a Starbucks to a wherever and in order to be kind of polite, you buy something at each stop, you know, that's really not good for your waistline either. So it's this trying to get a balance and um, making sure like when you're scheduling appointments, you know, how you're scheduling them. And um, right now, like one of the big challenges mm -hmm. that's coming up in the next couple of weeks is that I've got my leadership girl live summit going yeah. and launching that. And then my kids are starting school uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the process of negotiating because my three youngest ha are going back to school starting next week. And my oldest is um, just starting school after being out of school for two years because of the head injury. So we're trying to figure out how long she can stand to actually do school work for. And, you know, so this is balance and it's not like she can do it here. We have to take her physically over to the local community college to do the work in the lab there because that's their rules. Mm. So, you know, it, it's all of these pieces and, you know, really what it is, is my husband and I will sit down and we pull out our phones and we sit here and go, okay, now you tell me what you, okay, now when are you available? Okay, now when am I available? Give and take, give and take. And then, you know, sometimes I end up having to cancel or move a meeting or, you know, block off time to go do something or, you know, it's not always easy. And you end up having to block time off for self-care. I, I block certain times during the week, um, usually on the weekend for this is when I'm sleeping mm -hmm. and I call it my hibernation period. Yes, absolutely. And I just curl up and I go to, to bed and I stay there and it's really nice. I, I would say that sleep is the highest form of self-care. And especially as yeah. you get older for women, because without our sleep, our hormones, our hormones go crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I know like when I was younger, I had issues with being monster mom and they kind of keep up when I miss sleep. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not getting a solid, you know, seven to nine hours a night routinely, I mean, I can go a couple of nights on five hours, but I can't do it more than one or two nights in a row. Oh my gosh. I just like you. 
monster mom. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and I'm tired and I'm groggy and I feel it. It's almost like, like this sludge <laughs> kind of feeling that I'm moving through. And it's like there and it's like I'm wearing sludge. I, I can't describe it, but it, it's awful. So listeners know what you're talking about. I can feel it. I, I am totally that way. <laughs> and there's not enough caffeine in the world to compensate for it. And it can be awful. And I mean, yeah. And then headaches that come from not getting enough sleep. So, I mean, my body, I mean, I know a lot of people think that I don't sleep, but oh my gosh, my body will punish me so badly if I don't. And my family be looking at me going, what's wrong with you? <laughs> my nine-year-old is really good for keeping me in check. He's like, um, mom, and he'll hold my hands. You know, I think you need to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can take care of things. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes, it's true. And they can. That's a good point. Um, you know, kids really can and should be an integral part of helping take care of the household. It can be a pain in the butt to get them to do their chores, to get them to help. But they need to learn how to do the chores, if only so that they can survive when they go off on their own. Yes. So, I mean, I don't cook dinner every night. I mean, my kids help cook. My husband helps cook. It's a group effort. Um, you know, I don't clean everything in the house. My kids help clean a lot in the house. Yard work is the same way, you know? So one of the things I haven't really talked about, but I think that is good to talk about, you know, we talk about self-care, but you know, some of that is making sure you're delegating and mm -hmm. that, you know, your spouse, your significant other, your partner is doing their part as well, not just going to work, earning a paycheck, coming home and sitting on the couch all night. Um, and I have friends whose husbands do that. Um, it literally, I mean, he'll go into work at 9am and he'll come home at seven o'clock and he just sits in front of the TV and he maybe manages to put his plate into the dishwasher when he's done eating because he's completely missed dinner with the whole family. So, I mean, it's this whole dynamic there. And I understand, you know, kids as they get older have activities and have to be driven, but yeah, it, it, it's important that everybody is doing at least a little bit of the chores because you can't pick up after four kids. You can't bathe, dress, do it all for everybody all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is an excellent point. Delegation is, is very, very key. And, you know, if you kind of integrate that from the beginning, not necessarily a very young age, it just, you know, it kind of depends on the kid, right? So like my nine-year-old, he's nine now, but from the time he was six, he always wanted to help. My, um, and it's interesting, I have two boys and four girls, right? But it's my boys that are really more into helping. So like my big son will make breakfast most mornings um, and, or mm -hmm. dinner sometimes, you know, and that's just because they want to. And my six, my nine-year-old boy will usually clean up because they like organization. Mm -hmm. what, what 
like for you? Like, is it your boys or your girls or is it, it's not really a gender thing in your family? It's not really a gender in my thing in my house. My oldest is a, it just always been messier, I think, than most of the rest. And she just is, she doesn't like to do chores. She'll, she'll just kind of walk off and not do things. My husband's like, how does she survive at work? And I'm like, she's just fine at work because, you know, she has a reason to, to do what she doesn't feel like doing at home at work. Um, but my, all of my kids will, you know, load and unload the dishwasher or make stuff in the kitchen or cook or do things like that. It's really where you start talking about scrubbing toilets, taking out trash, you know, mopping floors, that that's where things really kind of get sticky as to who is kind of will run the furthest and the hardest and fight it the most, but they all do it. And then there's always a question too, because my oldest kids are in high school. um, How much can they really do because of their own workloads and their own school loads and they're not necessarily being awful by not cleaning their rooms or doing chores because they're just doing everything they can to survive you know my younger daughter is in her junior year in high school and has multiple AP classes and is trying to finish her Girl Scout Gold Award and is on two varsity sports team and just got her fourth degree black belt and stuff she's got a full career going (laughs) she does and she really doesn't have the time to you know be a social butterfly or do some stuff around the house so yeah we're trying to get the house a little bit more under control before she starts again yeah but you know again just kind of letting things you know go but that's that's a good plan to have the things organized so that it'll be in maintenance mode so that's Mm -hmm. that's a really good point so so thinking on that, how do you suggest your clients to stay encouraged? Those are the ones that, you know, do decide to invest in themselves and they're working on their business. How, how do you help them to stay encouraged when life throws them off track? Right. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this last night. It's about measuring everything. Um, there have been points in this business, I, you know, like the months when my daughter was in the hospital, for instance, And it was a really, really hard time in my life. And um, the way that I managed it was to um, measure every single little bit of progress I was making in my business. Mm -hmm. So measuring numbers, measuring income, measuring the number of followers I had on a given platform, the amount of interaction I was getting. Um, I have a lot of data, (laughs) but also celebrating every single thing that I accomplished. You know, it's not just about, um, the tangible or, you know, the measurable things, but it's sometimes celebrating little things like, you know, I managed to get my newsletter out every single week on time. Wow. Um, you know, and making sure that I had that content written, created, and delivered to my admin on time every single week. Um, Last year, I actually did a six-month period where I did a webinar every single week for six months. Wow. So, you know, but it was that measuring and doing that and saying, okay, so where am I getting the results and how am I getting and what am I getting? 
So the main thing is, and, um, is, is making sure that you know where your results are and maximizing mm -hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. And so that's like, no matter what's, what happens, you, you still have a certain amount of time. You, you're saying about two hours a day that you're spending. And if you're going to, if you have those two hours, you're going to focus on mm -hmm. webinars or you're going to focus on content for newsletters. Perfect. And right. And a lot of what I'm doing, well, in the time I'm online right now is just interacting with people. Right. I'm messaging back and forth. I'm chattering back and forth. My messenger, um, I've had a couple of people who have seen the number of messages I get on a day, on a given day. And they're like, holy cow, because I just get hundreds of messages a day and I'm responding back. And then sometimes my email gets not read as fast as it should be. So that I'm like, trying to read emails and respond. So um, building relationships is another place where you really build your business also. I, I would say that that has been a critical focus on my business. Um, you know, I talk about it when I do Facebook lives a lot, but at the end of the day, the other person that's going to buy from you is a person. You're not selling to a nameless, faceless entity. You're having to fill a need for them and people buy you before they buy anything else and they have to want you. So whether this is in direct sales or, you know, doing business coaching. Um, so some of it is really building that trust factor first, especially because there are a lot of companies out there and there have been a lot of business coaches out there that have really done badly by people. So they can be kind of gun shy. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And a lot of people, you know, I mean, I have had bad experiences, but with, with coaching, but I think in my case, it was more like I wasn't educated on what I needed at that time. So mm -hmm. I in my case, I wouldn't blame the coach. It's like I didn't do my homework kind of thing. Right. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. You don't know what you need. You don't know what you don't know when you're starting a business. Yeah. So you don't even know what to ask. And I think unfortunately, you know, it sounds like a great idea, but then, you know, if you're not working with somebody who is advanced enough, then that can be a real problem. Yeah. We have one of your co-hosts visiting. Yes, we do. <laughs> but she just dropped her backpack and left. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely balancing everything out. I, I do, I'm interested to know if you want to share your story um, about your daughter or not. You don't have to. Yeah, sure. I mean, she um, fell off of a horse in December of 2015. Um, in a horseback riding show. She was not riding her own horse. She was riding a different horse uh -huh. and um, it hit her head on the way down. We don't know exactly how it hit because I wasn't there um, and she doesn't really remember, but she was wearing a helmet. She did absolutely nothing wrong. She was riding because it was an IEA show. Um, you ride somebody else's horse and um, or you may end up riding your own. It just depends on which horse you draw. And um, there were six or eight girls in the ring at the time. And one of them came up behind her and spooked the horse, which caused it to throw her. Um, so she was actually cleared at the point of the, um, 
at that time by an EMT to return to competition because she passed the head injury tests. But what I have learned since, there we go. <laughs> we have helpers. Um, is that um, you don't always see the results or the effects of a head injury at first. It can be a ongoing thing that shows up over a period of weeks. And that's what actually happened to her. So by the time she flew home a week and a half later, um, she was essentially in like, it just gone kind of a state. Um, I, we're not really sure how she got on the plane and flew home. And then from there, you know, multiple hospitalizations and figuring out what had happened and, you know, now she's, she's done really well and she's, um, back in school, she's working and, you know, headaches are definitely an issue for her, but you know, there've been months that it was really, really hard. Um, you know, and she's been a trooper throughout this, but you know, it's not been easy for her either because, you know, her whole life, you know, basically stopped in 11th grade in some ways. And then we've been trying to make forward progress, you know, and find ways forward that she can be successful. Wow. That's really a remarkable story. So um, that's interesting that she got through all those checkpoints and it's a real blessing that she made it home safely. Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's, uh, you know, we always have those guardian angels and we don't even realize it. So. Right. And I think that some of it, with her being able to fly home the way she did um, was that she had flown so many times in the past. Right. Um, and I mean, people were clearly concerned about her in the airport, but I think she had enough information. She was able to check in. They kind of like, you know, she knew kind of where she was supposed to go. So she just kind of, you know, just went on that track. It didn't really require any thought on her part. Right. And I mean, I think she was just enough there at the time to be able to do it. Um, but I mean, had it happened five days later, um, she wouldn't have been able to do it. Right. You know, so like you said, guardian angels for sure. Yeah. That made sure that she was able to do it. Um, we, she's had to relearn just about everything <laughs> at given points. Thank you for sharing that story with us. And, Thank you. And I, I see that you know, having a very supportive family unit and, um, you know, really, I guess the same principles that you use in your business, you use in your home, or maybe it's the other way around, whatever you've built at home, your support system and foundation, mm -hmm. it goes over into your business and, um, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And it's not really that they're separate. I think that that's one of the important things to remember is that, you know, I'm just one person. Mm -hmm. So as much as we try to separate our personal lives and our business lives from one another, um, if you are running a business and you have multiple kids and you're doing all this stuff, they're going to collide. And it's how you manage the collisions between the two. And I mean, and I kind of think the, um, the difficulty here is to realize, you know, that you're just one person. You're not totally separate from your work identity or you're not totally separate from your home identity because that's who you are. Yeah. I, I came to that realization. I think it was like last April 
because you know everyone has these i'm this strategist i'm that strategist so i just finally said you know what i'm the stress less mom <laughs> because that's you know who i am and that's what i do exactly thank you she brought my mail oh i love it she's awesome and she always comes at the right time she's gone again <laughs> that is so cool so um <laughs> okay delivery <laughs> delivery thank you i want to ask you what um first of all what upcoming events do you have mm -hmm. so that and and are there tickets still available for people to uh, attend yeah thank you so much for asking um i am actually organizing right now a live summit here in the area so it's actually going to be in durham north carolina at Doyle's Vineyard, um, it's the Leadership Girl Live Summit. And it'll be September 22nd through the 24th. And um, it'll be fun, we're having a drumming circle and um, we are doing a self-defense class by women for women. Um, my daughter's um, martial arts instructor will be there teaching the class. And then um, she's, also four, four foot nine. Um, you don't want to mess with her though. Um, and um, we're doing, we have 12 speakers currently lined up and we're going to be talking about turning chaos into calm, uh, managing stress. Yeah. We're going to also be talking about a lot of different business things as well and the power of collaboration. So it's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it wasn't soccer season because you're not very far from me and I would love to attend, but. Well, we actually have something for that. We're going to be offering a live stream no. as well. Okay. And tickets will go on sale probably by tomorrow or Saturday at the latest. Okay. Cool. So did you hear that? If you can't make it live, you can always watch the live stream. So look out for those. Absolutely. I'm going to have the link to your website mm -hmm. um, so they can have access. Thank you. Sure. Awesome. And you know, I know that you're super duper busy, but before you go, um, what are the three main takeaways that you want mm -hmm. us to have today? So, I mean, I think that the most important thing is to know that you can have everything, but you can't have it all at once. Mm. Um, and you can only do what you can do, you know, and find, you know, find friends, get help from your family. Don't just try to do it all alone. Yeah, I like how you kept um, reiterating that I'm just one person. I'm just one person. And then you were also I am just one person. And there's <laughs> only 24 hours in a day. That's right. all you can do. And get your sleep and delegate. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing like sleep in the world. So that is the, I would have to say that's the number one self-care tip today is get your sleep. So um I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for having me. Yeah, I, um, I appreciate you sharing your story, your personal story and your business story. And, um, and I want to thank our listeners um, for tuning in. Um, this has been my interview with Haley Gray, and she's the founder of The Leadership Girl. My name is Cordelia Gaffar, and I'm the founder of Workout Around My Day and the Stress-Free Sisterhood, helping women, but especially moms, get from chaos to calm 
by nourishing with wholesome food, energizing with movement, and sweet talk to quiet that negative inner chatter. Have an amazing day. Some time to yourself, unwind with yourself, you can do anything.